This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. I want to just take a moment. It's Memorial Day weekend. And something kind of came to my mind about this holiday. I think over time we have unfortunately taken Memorial Day weekend and turned it into a big barbecue. And I know that a lot of you, hopefully some at least, will be able to enjoy a day off work tomorrow. And you're going to enjoy family time. I've already had people today saying, well, man, you know, after this, we got to make a stop at this house. And then we're going to this house. We've turned Memorial Day weekend to a big party. And I think I know why. I think I know why. Because it's a, it's a, it's a form of our patriotism to live in our freedom and to celebrate our freedom. But I don't want us to be so quick to get to the barbecue on Memorial Day weekend that we really forget the reason it's called Memorial Day weekend. We've had for many, many years now men and women in uniform of all the branches of our uniform that have given their lives. They have died that you and I could enjoy the barbecue, that you and I could enjoy church today. Uh, they literally gave their life. I think sometimes we, we might just be so used to doing life the way we do it that we forget. We, we've had some people die that you and I might live in freedom. And guys, I don't want to just, I don't, I don't want to create my own little reputation to be that guy. But I can tell you right now, I'm as more proud to be an American today than I've ever been. God bless America. It's the land of the free All you need is one or two missions trips in your life, and you'll figure out real quick that you and I have got it made. Thank God that he allowed us to either immigrate here or to be born here. But thank God for the men and women throughout our history that has died to give us the freedoms we have. I think we can do better than what we did. God bless America and all the lives of the veterans that have given themselves for our freedom. Amen. Taking out your Bibles to the book of Matthew 6. Matthew chapter number 6 is where we're heading today. And we, we have two weeks here that we're not tied to a series. So I'm just kind of teaching and preaching from my heart. And a standalone message last Sunday. And then a standalone message today. And Matthew 6 is where we're going in our text. And I'm going to be reading verses 2 verses 5, verses 16. All of this is available in your app, Calvary FTW. Download the app, look at the notes, stay there with me, and we're going to have a good time. Normally on Sundays, I really preach evangelistically, reaching for the lost heart. And on Wednesdays, it's my night that I can do a Bible study with the church and just teach and, and, and raise up the church from the teaching of the Word of God. Well, this morning, I'm going to probably approach this message a little bit more like a Wednesday night uh, as I did in the 8.30 and the 10 o'clock. And I just want to help somebody from the Word of the Lord today right out of Scripture. Matthew 6, look at, let's look at verse number 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, everyone say, when I give, 
when y'all doest thou alms, when I give, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, or when you give, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Now catch this, when you give, when you give, don't give so everybody knows what you're doing, where you can brag about what you've given. Give unto the Lord and allow the Lord to reward you. Did you follow that? Now let's look at verse 5. And when thou prayest, everyone say, when I pray. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues, in the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but thou, when you pray, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. In other words, when you give, Don't let everybody know what you're giving to where you can brag about it. And then it says when you pray, don't pray so loud where everybody hears you and and you want to out-pray everybody else. And don't do that. Let's do things unto the Lord. And then verse 16, we pick something else up here. Moreover, when you fast, everyone say, when I fast. When you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. Now, I've never fasted any time that I didn't have a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces. Yeah, I can say amen to that. That they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward, shall reward thee openly. In other words, everybody look up here real quick. We're going to break this down in three, three simple ways. And then we're going to teach about it. And we're going to learn something really good today. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, don't put on a big show trying to get the spotlight for how much you're giving, how much you're praying, How often you fast, it's not about that. Do it unto the Lord because it's the Lord that's going to give you the reward. God will bless you in your giving, your praying, and your fasting. Don't worry about people. Give, pray, and fast to where the Lord will give you your blessing and your breakthrough. So here's what I'm teaching on today for the next few minutes. It's not if you give, if you pray, if you fast. It's not if, it's when. So my title for the next few minutes is those words. Not if, but when. This message came from a real life situation in my own house. Of We have family of four. Me and my wife have two little girls. And <laughs> this is where this sermon was birthed. I was sitting in my living room. Denora was there in the living room. Both girls were in the living room. We're all within a, a, a hundred square feet of each other in a living room. And 
the volume in the room was out of control. It was ridiculously loud to the point where I, I couldn't keep my thoughts together. And, and I wish that I could tell you it was because we're this Hallmark family and we were playing a beautiful family type game and we were just laughing. It wasn't that. We're not that kind of family. I wish I could say we're all on the couch together, cuddled up with popcorn, watching a great movie. No, it wasn't that. It was because my youngest had an iPad that belonged to me, watching media as loud as the iPad would go. Man, you're, you guys are a quiet crowd. My oldest daughter had my iPhone, which belongs to me, Watching media as loud as it could go. My wife had a laptop, belonged to her, <laughs> listening to music as loud as it could go. I have my remote control that belongs to my wife, on loan to me, and I was trying to watch my own form of media as loud as it could get <laughs> to the point is there anybody that can relate with what I'm talking about? To the point where I'm just like, my God, somebody turn it down where I can hear. My youngest is over there one click up, just going higher. Sailor's over there going one click higher. Denora's just one click higher. But I've got the surround sound. And I'm going one click higher, five click higher, ten click. And the windows are shaking and we realize what some of you have experienced before. We couldn't hear what we needed to hear because of the volume all around us. Well, for the next few minutes, this is where this sermon came from. A standalone sermon, not tied to any series. Here's how I want to help the church today. Every one of us in this room need to hear from God. But unfortunately, there's a lot of volume all around us that is drowning out our abilities to hear from the Lord. We're made up of three things, body, soul, and spirit. Our body is what it is. It's our physical, natural body that has its own desires. It has its own wants. And the volume of our body, it just gets louder and louder and louder. The Bible calls it the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. It's the pride of life. And the body's volume is so loud that our spirit cannot hear from God. Then we have our soul. Our soul is not our natural body. Our soul is our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings. And those have a volume that gets so loud with fear and anxiety and stress and pressure and the juggling of life that our spirit cannot hear from God. So what I want to show you in Matthew 6 is God gives us the remedy on how to quiet our body, the volume, how to quiet our mind, the soul, the volume of the soul, in order that our spirit can hear from God. 
Let's start with the third and the final point of Matthew 6. Let's start with fasting. Because fasting is directly linked to the physical volume of our body. And I'm talking about fasting from food. Now, what's silly is for a preacher to try to teach on fasting on Memorial Day weekend when everybody's going to probably eat something real good between now and Tuesday morning. Probably too much that we shouldn't be doing, but I'm going to give it the best I have. Fasting from food. Now, I know that I have stood in the pulpit and will continue to stand in the pulpit and teach that there's a value, that there's a benefit of fasting from things that are non Uh, Food items like fasting from Twitter, fasting from social media like Facebook or Instagram or fasting from television, fasting from from different different activities and 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 fasting from from different outlets of our energy that 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 take us away from God, not closer to God. I get that. But the Bible here is speaking about something natural to the body. It's food. Fasting food. Now, here's the reason none of us want to talk about this. Because none of us enjoy fasting. That's the point. None of us want to fast because we think that our our next meal might be our last meal. So we're going to enjoy every bite of it, right? The good news is this. That the Lord Jesus in his grace and mercy, you'll get plenty to eat in this life. He wants to know, is food more important than hearing from him? Let me give you a few reasons why most of us don't want to fast. Because we've misunderstood what fasting is. We think fasting's like a diet. I've got a pastor friend right here in the Metroplex. He's so funny. We're good friends. And I get tickled at him about once or twice, three times a year. I'll say, hey, man, you want to go eat lunch? No, man, I I gained so much weight, I'm going to fast right now. And he thinks fasting is like a diet. And I'll tell him, well, what do you mean you're fasting right now over gaining weight? You've confused that. You know fasting's not, well, you know, I do it unto the Lord. No, you don't. You're starving yourself is what you're doing. And a lot of people don't want to fast because they think that it's, that it's like a diet and nobody wants to diet. Can I get an amen? Nobody wants to diet. So unfortunately, we, 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 we treat dieting and fasting in the same way. Fasting is not about losing weight. Fasting, the purpose of a fast is to be able to hear from God. And God knows that if you're willing to lower the desires of your body, If you'll suppress the volume, if you'll decrease the volume of your natural body, if you'll get your body into submission, you'll be able to hear from God. Now, let me give you a few reasons why you should consider fasting. Maybe even this week. Because there's some of you that are in this type of situation. A lot of times when you need direction, when you really need direction, do I need to to take this job or that job? Do I, need to, do I need to invest here or there? Do I need to buy this or sell that? Do I need to discipline this way in my, in my family? Or do I need to discipline this way? Direction. If you need direction, we see in the Gospels that Jesus Christ fasted for 40 days in the wilderness seeking 
direction. And there are those people in this third service right now. This is exactly why God brought you here today. You need direction in your life. You need God to show you what the next step is. And I can tell you, you will hear from God if you will set aside some time to fast and lower the volume in your physical life, in your body's life. Here's how I'm going to say it. And I want you to say it out loud with me. Say, fasting. Everybody say, fasting is clearing my hearing. That's exactly right. When you fast, you're opening your spirit up to be able to hear from God. Jesus fasted for direction. Some of you are familiar in the Old Testament. A lady by the name of Hannah. Hannah loved God, man. Hannah was sold out for God. She was devoted to God completely. But Hannah wanted a son. She wanted a baby. And Hannah would go to the temple every single day. She would go to the synagogue every day and pray to God for a baby. She would go to the temple every day and weep. The Bible says she wept before God, wanting a baby. But then something interesting happens in Hannah's life. Hannah gets to the point where she thinks, I don't want a baby if it's not the will of God. I need my devotion to God to be more important than what I want. Did everybody catch that? She wanted her devotion to God to matter more to her than what she wanted in her natural life. And the Bible says she continued to pray. She wept before God. But then she went on a fast from food. How about Esther? Queen Esther, you know the story. She was brought to the kingdom for such a time as that. She was a woman that had positioned herself at the right place, at the right time, with the right amount of authority. And she was, she was, the, she was the piece of the puzzle that would save an, the, an entire nation from annihilation. But she had to hear from God. And the Bible says that Esther, in her desperation to hear from God, she wanted to hear from God so much that she said, okay, God, I'm not getting, I'm not hearing the message of what to do, so I'm going to fast from food. If Jesus fasted, if, if people like Hannah and Esther fasted, I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to get to a point in your life where you need to hear from God in such a way that your family's on the line, your job's on the line, your sanity's on the line, your kids are on the line, your health is on the line. You need to hear from God in such a way you're desperate like Esther. It might just be your answers, not if you should fast. It's when are you going to go on a fast? When are you going to say, sweetheart, I know our family's in this situation. I'm taking Monday or I'm taking Friday or I'm taking, I'm taking that day and I am going to completely fast from food. I'm going to say no to what my body wants and say yes to what God is saying. Somebody say amen today. Fasting. It's not if, it's when. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm not asking you to go on a diet. That would be silly. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you are, you, are you so determined 
that you would say yes to your body more than you would say yes to what God is saying. So you need to consider it. But then in the middle of Matthew 6, if fasting is directly linked to my physical body's volume and, and my needs of the, and my lust of the flesh and the body and the eyes, then if that suppresses that, then what about prayer? He doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray, don't make a scene. You don't have to be the loudest person in the auditorium praying. Just pray to God and let God give you the reward. Prayer is directly linked to the volume in the soul. Again, what is the soul? Your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. Just as the body's volume is off the charts at times, the body wants, 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 wants. I can tell you the soul, the soul can get so loud. Your thoughts can be so bizarre. Your feelings can be so unmonitored. Your, your, your emotions can be so out of control that there's no way you can hear from God. Because you are just off the charts mentally, emotionally. In your feelings and thoughts. But prayer, when you pray, the Lord will reward you by quieting your mind. Now guys, I'm just going to share this with you and, and just try my best to welcome you into my world. I can tell you right now, my worst failures... And my greatest victories have always been between my ears. And most of the time, it's when I'm flat on my back with my head on my pillow. I can go to bed at night. And it's amazing how if I let the volume in my mind, even though in my sleep, the realm of sleep, when my mind, when I allow the volume of my mind to go crazy... All of a sudden, I'm having thoughts of failure. I'm having thoughts of lack. I'm having thoughts of defeat. I'm having thoughts of, of a bad marriage, of, of poor parenting. I'm having thoughts of, of the evil of the world. I'm having dark, crazy, scary thoughts, which makes me toss and turn, and, and it makes me, makes me just regret and fear. The flip side of the coin, on the other side of the coin, it's in that very same posture, in the same bed, in the same house, that if I take control of that mind and I allow the goodness of God and my prayer unto the Lord to start going into heaven, is this okay? I hope I'm not messing with anybody in your, in your start just, what is he talking about? I'm talking about just how I handle things. In the middle of the night, I can allow myself to go into a place of prayer in my mind. And all of a sudden, the volume of my mind, my feelings, and my emotions, I, I, I get them under control. And right there as I sleep, I can have vision for my family. I can have vision of victory. I can have vision of abundance. I can have vision of you and your families being blessed of God. Visions of our country. Visions of, of, the, of, of just health and, and, and blessings of home people. I see it and all of a sudden my mind is clear. 
And it's all from the praying in that secret place of the mind. Let me introduce you to something. Take out your Bibles real quick. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians. If you don't have a Bible, if you have a phone and it has a Bible app, I want you to open it. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians 13, verse number 14. I'm fixing to show you a three-point prayer. Simple, quick, three-point prayer. For I, You need to make this something that you deal with daily. Simple three-point prayer. It doesn't take an hour to use. This is a simple three-point prayer. It's Paul. Paul prays this over you as the reader of 2 Corinthians 13 and, of of course, the church in Corinth. May the grace, everyone say the grace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, everyone say the love of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, say it out loud, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Watch this. Man, when the volume of your mind is out of control and your world is turned upside down, there's no way you're hearing from God. I'm telling you, your mind is going crazy. It's the emotions, the feelings, the turmoil, the stress. You start praying this three-point prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, in the, in the midst of the turmoil of my mind, I thank you right now for the grace of Jesus Christ. The grace of the Lord. His grace is sufficient. Just start praying this prayer. The grace of Jesus. You love me when, when, when I know good and well there's not much about me to love. You care about me when I know that, that, that I don't take care of my own self. The grace of Jesus. Thank you for your grace, God. You've been so good to me. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins to be forgiven and forgotten. You're so grace-giving. You start praying like this, you're, you're taking the volume of your thoughts down. And then you move into that second point. Thank you, Lord, for the love of God. You so love the world that you gave your only begotten son. That I, that I that choose to believe that I can have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. And you don't even love me with any strings attached. You love me without any strings attached. You love me, God. You love the world. You love people. You love us so much you gave your best for us. You start praying like this, you're taking the volume down. And oh, then you start praying this prayer. Thank you for the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for never leaving me. When people leave me, you stay with me. When when those walk away from me, you come towards me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that your comfort is real in my life. When I feel like I've lost it all, you're the great comforter in my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And then... If you're a spirit-filled believer, meaning that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you start being able to pray in the Spirit. And you start allowing the Spirit to intercede for you. And all of a sudden, you start praying in, in your heavenly prayer language. Can I tell you something, everybody? It's like you're taking a remote control to your mind, and you're taking the volume all the way down. To all, matter of fact, you don't even do You just push mute. You just mute the troubles of your mind, and then in there, your spirit starts hearing from God. How's this happening? Well, Jesus knew. He knew. 
that if you're ever going to hear from God, that it wasn't if, you, if you're ever going to fast. It was when you start fasting, you're going to hear from God. It wasn't if you ever pray. No, he said when you pray. Because <laughs> I know you're going to need to hear from God. So you better learn how to fast and you better learn how to pray. And that's when you're going to hear from heaven. Your father is going to give you your reward. And then finally, Matthew 6 started out in verse 2. It said, when you give. This, by far, is, is, is the most critical missing element for us hearing from God. Because there's a handful of people that fast. There's a handful of people that pray. But most people never give in in their response to wanting to hear from God. Most of us that give, we give either out of habit or we give out of obedience or we give by faith or we give to help somebody out. But we really don't ever view giving to open ourselves up to hear from God. And I want to I help you see why today that it's so important. The very fundamental, the origin of God is love. Everybody say, God is love. Love gives. Love gives. Love doesn't hold. Love doesn't hoard. Love doesn't steal. Love doesn't take. Love gives. Love gives. God so loved the world that he gave. I've used this many times in the pulpit along with every other preacher that's ever preached, but it's still as good as it gets. Here's some areas how to give. You give of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Let's talk about time, talent, and treasure before we go home today. It's not by accident that some people have more time than talent and treasure. It's not by accident that some people have more talent than time and treasure. And it's not by accident or coincidence that some people have more treasure than time and talent. God knew before the foundations of this world what type of person you would be and what kind of gift that you needed. Because in faith, he created you with an abundance of either time, talent, or treasure because he knew that he could trust you to give it back to him. Let's talk about time for a minute. Isn't it weird? Every single one of us in this room, we all have the same 24 hours a day, but some people seem to have more of it. Have you ever noticed that? I run into people all the time. What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. What have you done? Nothing. Nothing. My goodness, that would be amazing. You haven't done anything. You aren't doing anything. Oh, I know. What are you going to do? Nothing. What? You don't have anything to do. I've got one friend of mine in town, so help me. I'll bump into him in the, in the morning cafes. I love to eat breakfast every morning. That's my favorite meal. And I'll say, what you got going on today? I don't have anything going on today. You're kidding me, right? No. He owns a couple businesses. Other people run them. He's got time. And there's a lot of us in the room. That we give good money to have a little time because that's the very thing we don't have. But there might be somebody in this room today 
that you may not feel talented and you may not feel like you have a lot of treasure, but you know that you've got some time. You've got excess of it. Can I tell you, there's a reason for it. God will speak to you directly when you start trusting him by giving your time. Had an elderly lady in our church. She drew ill. Her name's Patsy. She's still alive. I never get to see her here at church anymore. I was on the phone with Miss Patsy and checking on her, prayed over her, just tried to love on her through the telephone call. And I asked her, I said, Patsy, I know you haven't been in church in so many, almost over a year now. I said, just be honest with me. Have you fallen out of any kind of friendships at the church? She started crying. And she said, I'll be honest, I feel almost like I've been kind of forgotten by a lot of my friends there. And it's only because I can't go to church anymore. And I said, with your permission, can I call a few of your older friends and maybe set up a time for visit? She goes, I'd love that. So I called a few of her friends that I knew that they were, they were friends, but just because of the missing each other at church, they had just kind of fallen out. So I called and I said, just do you mind going over and visiting? Well, after the visit, this is literally how it went. Miss Patsy's never once called me to say, thank you for that. It was incredible. But the ladies that went on the visit have personally came to me, to my face, to say, please tell us, who else can we go visit? That was the most incredible experience. I don't know if she enjoyed it, but it meant the world to us. Let me tell you why. You'll start hearing from God. If you've got time and not given it, what you're doing is you've got the volume of the body, the volume of the soul, and the spirit can't hear from God. But if you've got time to offer, you start quieting the body and fasting, quieting the mind by prayer, and your spirit will become like an antenna right to heaven. A satellite connection if you'll start giving of the excess of your time. And all of a sudden, these ladies now, man, they have a weekly route they make. And their lives have changed for the good because they gave of what they had. Now, these little ladies, when I say they don't have talent, I don't say that critically. But talent's not what they're working with. And I know they don't have excess treasure to work with but they're using their time. Now, what about the talented? This morning, when I walked into church, I've been able to come to three services today, and I've heard the best talented singing and musicians. I've been able to speak with talented audio engineers. I've been able to be blessed that over in the parking lot next door at the children's ministry, there's talented children's ministries taking place. May not have a lot of time, may not have a lot of treasure, but they're given of their best. Their best is their talent. And can I tell you, you find a talented person that gives of their talent, the next thing you know, they'll be short on time because they keep giving their talent, they keep giving their talent, they keep giving their talent, and the whole while they're just being built up in the kingdom of God. If you want to hear from God, 
You better start giving what you have to give. And some of you have got time. And some of you have got talent. And you're not giving any time. And you're not using your talents. I'm looking at a third service on a holiday weekend. There's some talented people in this room. You're the ones that should be teaching. You're the ones that should be leading. You're the ones that should be hosting. You're the ones that should be singing and playing. Can I tell you something? If you're wondering why you're not being able to break through to hear from God, it might be that God's given you a talent and you're not using it. And God's looking for somebody to say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the volume down from this body of mine. And I'm going to fast. I'm going to take the volume down in my mind. And I'm going to spend more time in prayer. And I'm going to increase the volume in my spirit. And draw close to God by giving him of the talent that he's blessed me with. Can somebody say amen? And then Matthew 6 started out with this giving thing. And it talked about giving of alms. That's the treasure. There's some people that they don't have a lot of time and talent. But God's blessed them. They've, God's blessed them with treasure. With money. And can I tell you the kingdom of God moves on these three things. People's time. People's talent. And people's generosity. Now, I'm going to give you a Bible study in the next three minutes that will change your life if you'll listen to me. Two times this past week, I had the opportunity of sharing with two separate businessmen that came to me, not me to them, and asked me, would you please show me and teach me the difference in tithing and giving? This sermon's about giving, not about tithing. But a lot of people are confused on the two. A lot of people give thinking they're tithing. A lot of people tithe thinking they're giving. And I want to show you the difference real quick. The two businessmen I met with, I explained this to them in this way. Tithing, everybody say the word first, tenth. The tithe is the first tenth of all your increase. And when you tithe... When you give your first tenth to God, guess what it does? It moves heaven on your behalf. It doesn't, it doesn't affect anybody else. It moves heaven on your behalf because what you're doing is you're, you're stating that he's the Lord of all of it. My mother and father were here in the service before this one, and I give them honor for bringing me up, teaching me this truth. I'm, I'm such a junkie about it i got to be careful because my words create my world. I don't want to say I'm so fearful to not tithe because I don't live by fear. But I'm so faithful to tithing that I'm worried about the alternative. I'm such a junkie about it that if I were to do a wedding, and, and a, typically a wedding, somebody would be so kind to give me some money for doing a wedding that's not connected to my, my paycheck from you here at this church. And so it would be like, say, a $100 bill. I'm such a junkie about tithing that when I look at that $100, my first thought is, man, I wish I could just spend this whole $100. But I know if I don't tithe, I'm not sure what's going to happen with this $100. That's how messed up I am with tithing in a good way. I instantly just pull out our app 
and I tithe on that $100. And it's almost, I can hear my father saying, my dad, not my heavenly father, my natural daddy saying, son, let me tell you right now, you don't tithe, there ain't no telling what's going to happen in your world. But if you tithe, I can guarantee you God's going to bless you. When I tithe, it moves heaven on my behalf. Now here's the difference. We're going to put tithing over here. Let's talk about giving. When I give, not the first tenth, that belongs to God. But when I'm feeling generous and I'm feeling good and kind and, and I tell my friend Nick and I tell Nick, I see him at Starbucks, I say, hey, Nick, I'm going to get you coffee today. That was me giving. Who gets the blessing out of that? He gets blessed with that coffee and I feel so good. I feel like I've done something special. I feel good. But it's not moving heaven on my behalf. Heaven's been moved through me to bless him. That's giving. And a lot of people are giving. God bless the giver. But the reason heaven's not moving on your behalf in multiplication way, in the type of multiplication, is because you're not tithing the first tenth. And then there's a lot of good tithers that God's blessing you, but you're, but you're not feeling the blessing of generosity because you're not giving to anybody. So this is where this sermon comes in. If you want your spirit to be like a satellite linked to heaven. You find somebody, not the church, not tithing. Find somebody this week and bless them. Bless them. Not with the tithe. That belongs to the Lord. Bless them out of your abundance. In other words, hey, I'm going to pick up the tab today. In other words, man, look at your tires those tires got steel coming out of them. Let me buy you a tire. How about being at the grocery store and that single mom behind you holding a baby on her hip with a buggy full of food trying to figure out how to make the week go by and survive. Why don't you say to the register, well, let me, let me, let me get that buggy of food. Can I tell you something? Just like those ladies that are given of their time and they can't find enough people to visit. Just like the, the talented people in the kingdom of God that can't look for another place to, to give of their talent. Can I tell you, if you'll start giving, you will, you, you, you will just be blown away at what God's going to do for your life. You are going to hear from God in so many opportunities to give. You're going to be able to help single moms. You're going to be able to help widows. We've got a man in this church. He was here at the 10 o'clock. He normally comes at 8.30, but today I hugged his neck in the 10 o'clock. Once a month, he brings me a check in the memo for widows. And every month in this church, we send that check directly to a widow. And you may say, well, that's, that, that's tithing though, right? Because he gave it to us. No, it's tithe. It's his giving. And now this guy, he can't give enough. He's constantly looking for someone to be a blessing to. I'm just trying to help you today in the living room of life to lower the volume in a few places in order to increase the volume of what matters most. If you want to hear from God in your direction, if you want to hear from God in your calling and your passion, you better lower the volume in this old body's wants and desires and you better lower the volume in your mind, its thoughts and emotions and feelings. And you better increase the potential in your spirit to hear from heaven.
You know why? Because he said, if you'll do this in secret, the Father that seeth in secret will reward you. And every one of us in this room, we need to hear what the Spirit has to say. And can I get one big final closing? Amen. Stand with me today. Let's clap our hands to Jesus Christ. I felt the act of generosity of giving on my life right now. So for every single one of you, I give you two minutes extra in your day according to that clock. Do you see that? that I'm just generous like that. Somebody said thank you. You didn't have to say that. I love you so much. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had a few weeks of these standalone messages. In June, we're going to hit a three-week series, and we're fixing to go for God this summer. I want you to go with me, and I want you to be able to hear from God this summer. Making good decisions for your family being healthy in your mind, healthy in your spirit. Amen? Receive this prayer over your life. Bow your heads with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I just bless my friends today. I just bless us with healthy thinking. I bless us today, going into the summer months now that most of our schools are out. I bless us with healthy family life healthy decision-making, healthy choices. I bless our family with healthy stewardship principles. We want to be good stewards of our time. We want to be good stewards of our talents and treasure. I just bless our families, Lord, to not be driven by what our physical needs are, to not be driven for the dark thoughts that, that come into our minds, but to be driven by the Spirit, to be able to hear from heaven, knowing what direction to take and when to take it. I bless these people. In the name of Jesus, with the grace and mercy of God, keep us safe, healthy, and happy. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much. I love this third service. And may the Lord bless you for being here. Enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your families. May the Lord keep you. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7 or next Sunday in one of the three. God bless you.